Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. And the next level is next. We'll see you tomorrow. I'm out. I'm done. I, I can't. This breaks. I'm broken. But I'm it's going to be man. 80 on Sunday. That's what everybody says. I That's know. what people so what? say. Oh, they, oh, they're so jacked up. What about all the days we lost, man? It's a what blizzard. What about those? We're not getting those back. In all it's seriousness. It's a blizzard. In all seriousness. So I was coming over uh, on the turnpike, and there were six accidents of single car accidents. Cars flew into the median, flew into the ditch. Didn't look like there was anything. They were all single car. Like I didn't see anybody flipped over anything. But six cars off the road. Dude, remember when I told it's you it's twenty-eight miles? It's April eighteenth, eighteenth, and there were six cars. Like as if it was in February. Like, be careful out there. It's yeah. a brutal driving circumstance. When I went to that to the AIW show in Canton that day, where there was another out of nowhere snow, and everybody had just changed their snow tires to their summers, and that's what we saw. Like in a ten-second stretch, we saw. 10 cars off the road turned yeah. around one that like turned its wheel so hard because it was so out of control that yeah. it snapped its axle <laughs> yeah it's a debacle it's 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 ridiculous look at it out it's there. awful like that's december dude and you know it's sad it would have been nice in december what's happened is every and it's horrible for you and i people who work in the football industry what's happened is everything shifted two months or a month and a half think about it we had none of this in november and december none of it but it was still cold and gray okay but now it's kind of warm through October. Yeah, it's warmer through October. And it That's starts true. later yeah. in the year. And it's it April. Sucks longer. Yeah, it sucks longer. Which is horrible for me because yeah. once train camp starts the end of July, that's like rough on, my, uh, rough on the golf game. But I had a great day on Friday. Uh, got to go and, and tee it up. with It was me and Simsy against the kid and the cook. Rough day for the cook. Me and Simsy win it every way possible. Three and one on the front. Five, three and one on the back. So... The Incredible. kid wanted to know. The kid's handicap remains legit. He couldn't even overcome. He couldn't overcome the cook. The cook had a rough. It was a rough day. A rough that day happens. The There's the, yeah. That's what happens sometimes. You get it going sideways. Well, those conditions, it was. <laughs> Do you guys ever go uh, six holes, six holes, six holes? No. And rotate? No. It's always a match. I wouldn't mind playing some it. of that wolf game, too. I, I enjoy that. I don't, one, I don't know what that is. Too long to explain here, but a good, a fun game. I've only played it once. I enjoyed it. It's like after the drives pick, you pick who you're going with, and then there's all kinds of shenanigans and okay. tomfoolery that, that goes on. But that was one of those days, though. Friday, it was muddy. The course could not have played harder. Walden's probably never played harder. There was zero roll legitimately, right. so it was all <laughs> carry. And then there were 20, 30-mile-an-hour wins. That's right. So Friday you, was blustery, wasn't you, it? You needed to really strike the ball, and in a, in a situation like that, that played into my strength. I can strike the ball and um, consistently. What was, did we have a, all weekend, did we, was there a, what was the best hour, like decent hour? Was it Saturday afternoon? No, it was Friday. It was kind of doable. Friday at like one, maybe it was like 70 for a second. But the wind was crazy. No, it was Friday night. Friday, Friday night, evening. the wind yeah. stopped, stopped and yeah. it was like 64, uh-huh. but I was, you know, we were in basketball gym, so I didn't see it, but it we was... were out in, in Chagrin Falls having an outdoor yeah. cocktails. Great. Well, I had, yeah. Cause I had lacrosse in the home of Miss K on, yeah. uh, on Saturday morning. And that was, that was a rainy groppily oh, mess. Gross. Awful. Disgusting. Just awful. Um, boy, some real tomfoolery out of the, uh, the tigers, uh, claiming victory when not bold move out of them. 
I didn't see that coming. Uh, the boys in blue were ahead the whole way, and it was a But isn't there a scoreboard that makes no, it? No, because they run twos at the same time. So they – now to their – this was strange too. So it's 6-2 the whole way. They bang home three goals late. Okay, 6-5. I'm with yeah. you. You're still so, ahead. Correct. So they had um, – and they had like 10 kids to our 20, and you just rotate them through. So it's just – it's actually quite brutal. But they score the three goals, so they get a last one in like 30 seconds to make it 6-5. to five. They're celebrating. We tied, we tied, we tied. They're no. celebrating the tie. I got guys coming up to, wait a second, didn't we win? Yeah, fact, we won. Not in the eyes of the folks uh, from Miss Kay's home. It was That's dicey. Nice. Dicey move. I was surprised. A dastardly deed. It's part of the mediocritization of our country. We'll just well, the cele- call losing celebration of the ties. Winning. I was like, even if it is even a tie, so. what are we doing? Yeah, terrible. What are we doing here? Rotten. Yeah. By the way, speaking of winning, so today is Arden's uh, 14th oh, birthday. Happy, happy birthday, birthday Arden, Andrea. Yeah, yes. The angel. It's, I will say one thing that you, at least at this juncture, will never have to deal with is a growing up daughter. It's a, it's a challenge as a, as a father. It's, no, that's finite Yeah, for me. Well, good. Yeah, that's done. So, so you can live vicariously through me. Not yeah. easy, but she is such a wonderful young woman. So proud of her. She requested the bolognese for her birthday, so we had a little bolognese last night, which was a real treat. But we also had a full-on euchre tournament, and I, it was it was ordained that I was going to be playing with Nana as kind of a handicap. See, I, I take umbrage with this already. She's the official Nana of the show. She birthed you. Like she cannot She's be a handicap. great human, but she is prone to multiple mental mistakes a game uh, because she uh. still says, even though we've been playing Euchre basically every time we're together for, I mean, back into 2021, okay. like a lot, she still will have a remembrance of playing the great game Pedro and apply a Pedro rule in her mind, or that's what she says. Which at this point we haven't played Pedro. I've never even heard of Pedro. I know game. Pedro. I'd have never heard of Pedro. Pedro's a great game. Anyway, similar to euchre, but different. Similar, like it's a partner game, and yeah. you got to get you know you bid and and whatever. But so she'll go back to that. So we're matched up with Arden and Bryce in the in the semis. So it was Miss Kay and her brother against uh, their parents, me and Nana against Arden and Bryce. Arden and Bryce are really good. Bryce, they're dialed they're, in. Yep. they are very good. Nana made a couple of big mental mistakes. We overcome it. We win. Now, in the middle of the game, after she made one of her very bad mental mistakes, I gave her a little bit of crap, and she threatened to leave and go home, which is awesome. She stays. We beat them. It's 10-10. This one goes into the extra sessions. We beat them. So now we're on to the championship game against Kayla and her brother, Miss Kay and her brother. They had beaten the parents. It's another nail biter. My mom makes a huge, huge mistake where she was supposed to play the Trump. She played a heart instead, and they would not let her take the card back. She, was it a honest mistake or was it? Yeah, but the cards down. She no, took no, no. Hand like she it. meant to hold, put another card down, or was it? Oh, no, she it for, had forgotten what Trump was. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I would have to rule with. So they wouldn't let. Her, so she at that point goes, "I may, I'm gonna go home." I'm just going I'm home. Enough. I've had enough of the. the I'm her. an old person. <sighs> calm down, calm down, Anna. Nonetheless, we go on. We win the tournament. My mom and I we come back, come back, and we win the whole thing. She's a great champion. She does her patented. That's her big. She's move. in her little two thumbs up move. I like it. And it was like a, it. it was a huge moment. So she wanted everybody to know that that she triumphed. Now in the consolation bracket, Arden and and Bryce, who we got lucky, we beat. They just did not have great cards. 
they 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 beat uh, the in laws ten one, which was Whoa. just a swift took care of business there. Yeah, that's, yeah. It's interesting. So it does feel like though that that despite Nana wanting to have that story told, I don't know that it portrays her in the best of lights. Feels like it portrays you in the best of light. Why? Because it feels like you had to carry. No, she played great. She played great. She but makes we, a couple. We did mention her mistakes. Yeah, but that's part of the story. <laughs> but she overcame it. You know, she overcame it. She had the heart. She had the, the heart. Stick to it. She had the just the gumption. I love it. And she did stick with it. And she played very well down the stretch. And and even after that one, she wrote LOL. She's enjoying the story. She stuck with it after the rage i mean it was almost a rage quit she almost was just like you want me to take this car back like i'm out yeah and they're like no, we can't let you do that and arden was right there as kind of like at this point they'd already won their consolation so she's over there's the shoulder. an audience oh yeah and arden's like you can't take that car back then i'm like come yeah, on yeah. like as much as i love you we can't allow that can't have that no, and it was it's unfortunate but you can't no but so we overcame so she's a champion and we played we are the champions Beautiful. and she, and she you were chesty quite Modest, modest. <laughs> How modest. does Miss K handle your chestiness? Miss K is actually super competitive, and then we play. Well, I know at the end that, of the but night. I mean, how does she handle like when you're in that? If in she's that my mode? teammate, no, no, no. When she's the victim, oh, not well. I'm sure. So, like, if we are playing and I go to like, I'll go to just like rub her shoulder if yep. we're like on opposing side or hold her hand, and she'll be like, no, no, no thanks, no thanks. That's what she says. No thanks, <laughs> nothing. Not having it. Yeah, not having it at all. Kids think it's hilarious. That was good. Uh, that was very very good i had a um sunday morning i had a it was 5 40 uh a scream from the top of the stairs good morning it's easter bold he's ready 5 40 he's ready. ready to go by the way ready I'm, to go quickly quick statement from the official nana yep. it was not no rage just a temper tantrum okay okay kind of the same yeah. Yeah, you can have it yeah, so Try he was it. ready to go, looking for baskets at I 540, and, and away we went. Off you go uh, on that front. Little Easter egg hunt for the kids. That was a win. What's what's his favorite of the Easter candies? All. All. Like, I are mean, people still into Cadbury cream eggs? Like, when I was a no, kid. No, I, I think we're oh, out of – I don't think – I think people are out of those, and they're out on the, on the peeps. I, I don't, don't think the, they're out of Cadbury cream eggs. No way. Those things suck. What? It's just so sugary, gooey. It's just. I mean, I didn't eat one this year. No. But like when I was a kid, I sure liked it. But I don't know. Did you? Like if there were other oh, options. Like, for example, let's say Reese's made some sort of a Reese's egg. They do. That was the chocolate with the peanut butter. And it's butter. like barely even shaped like an egg. It's but an, wouldn't it's an that be a egg. superior candy to the Cadbury? I can have that taste, though, all year round. I used to get Reese's Pieces. I used to get peanut butter cups. Yeah, you I get can all have, those. I have it. So this was, this was the only time I'd have was Easter. I'd have one Cadbury yeah, cream. Yeah, I mean, we I all got it. them. I just, I don't remember liking them. Not the kid. little ones, only the no, big no, ones. No, no, the big it's gotta guy. Be the big guy. It's just when you would open it, it was just that sugary the stuff. Goo. The goo. It was. look like an egg. They even give you an egg yolk yeah. in there. It's interesting that you took to that, considering your disdain for the other eggs. Oh, I hate real eggs. Yeah, his whole thing on Sunday morning was he thought he felt like he needed to try everything. I just want to try it, Dad. Peeps should be out. It was like gross. seven in the morning, and I'm like, well, why don't we work in a breakfast? I just got to try it, Dad. I want to. I don't know. No, just want. I just want to try it. That was his whole move. Yeah. So he wants um, to sample the wares. You know what else? I have. Uh, I came to the re uh, realization over the weekend, and basically all we did was lose. Right for the like our city lost, the state, everything sucked. Guardians didn't win a game this weekend. Mm. Cavs blew it on Friday, despite well, being up big. I mean, Trey Young kind of right, took but over. I mean the best like player in the game. In over. December, we changed the expectations for them, and it was like sure. very minimum we make a postseason. They didn't. Unfortunately, it sucks. They didn't. Uh, they're not in the postseason, so that stinks. 
Um, and Trey Young was a supernova. Garland struggled in his in a big moment. I think we can all say so. You have all of that. But um, I was looking forward to the Celtics and Nets yesterday, and I haven't watched much of these teams all season. And now love Tatum, I love Tatum. Love Tatum. I love Kyrie. I mean, he's he's stunning. I was reminded. I don't. I'm not a big fan of hate in anything except sports. Yeah, it's the best, and it's actually the best in sports because the vitriol that that fan base feels towards him is equal to the vitriol that he feels towards them. And he's such a worthy villain because he's so damn good. He's a great villain. That was as good a game. That was as good a game one, series one game as I've ever seen. It felt like a finals game to me. It felt like an Eastern Conference final. Oh, it was game one. It had a compared to heat, especially compared to the other games that were on yesterday, which had nothing. They had nothing. No, no, no. That was it. And that felt, I thought it would feel that way. We had it on uh, as we were getting ready for Easter dinner. It was on kind of, I was watching it, keeping an eye on it. Back and forth the whole way, real dislike all around, and it was it was good old fashioned hate. Like I'm anti hate in every other form of life, no, but I love it in great. sports. And yeah. when you get a true hate, we don't see that very often. No, who's like the last? I mean, you see it in the NFL. You get yeah. you know, a decent amount of hate, but usually it's fan bases. Sure, not player versus fan base or player versus another team. Like if it is personal between him and them. It was, it was great. And it's then quite. they end on a buzzer beater. And Durant didn't play great. Not a great game from Durant. And Tatum's no. a stud. I love Tatum. Well, the lat, you saw it. End. I mean, the way yeah. that it ends, so they don't take a timeout. And they, I mean, they go three passes in five seconds for a spinning layup at the buzzer. So apparently they, as Simmons was saying this on his podcast this morning, they played over And he was there with his dad. Did you see that? I did see that. That's their first buzzer beater ever. First, first, not just him and his dad's, the first ever buzzer beater for the Celtics what? in the postseason. First one ever had never happened. The Celtics have never won, have never had a buzzer beater. They played 300 and some playoff games. No buzzer beaters ever. That was the first one. Seems impossible. Seems really impossible. Seems impossible. They've had them against them. They've had them. But I don't know if even true buzzer beaters against them. Magic's hook happens. There's a few seconds left in that final. It's not like I'm watching every Celtics game. Did LeBron have one at the buzzer against them? I can't recall. I can't remember. But what about, what's the one where there's the steal there's a steal by Bird underneath yeah. the DJ, lays it in. They that there's like still six seconds on the clock. Uh, okay. So a true a tr- a buzzer true, beater doesn't. Yeah. That was the first one. That's wild. Yeah. By the way, Simmons' dad, the picture you see, the picture they posted. His, his dad, dad looks like a great time. His dad looks like an East Coast Pedro. He does look now with the flowing locks. Like, the flowing like when locks. Pedro has his flowing locks, yeah, he does look like an East Coast. Looks Pedro. like an East Coast Pedro to me. Um. um yeah. Outrageous. That's amazing. First buzzer. Yeah, you know, that I think that series. Like, I'll actually. That's one that I don't mind throwing on in the background. Like, I'll. Watch oh, I'll watch that. Bit. I'm in. I'll watch it. I'll watch that, that for sure. The yeah. rest, I'm not sure. The rest, it does feel like that they've finally achieved what I, I suppose that league at its best is, and it's something we enjoy in the NFL, which is it does feel like there's true parity. It feels like anybody can win it. It feels like in the East, as many as five teams could win it, including both of those two. Yep. Um, and in the West, I think it's. I think. Phoenix, everyone tells me, is, is separated, but I don't know that they're. They felt like they were just kind of going through the motions and right. took it pretty easily to the Pelicans, who I didn't recognize many people on their roster. CJ McCollum's there. McCollum now. there, yeah, but Zion sitting it out. And then they've got they have McCollum and they've got um, Ingram. Yeah, but like I, the rest of their starting Val Shunis or whatever is there, right? But the rest of their starting lineup, I was not that familiar with. Um, you know what's interesting, too, about those games? Did you notice this? 
they don't put up like in the old days. I felt like in the playoffs, every time they showed a score bug or on the score bug, it would have the seed of each team. They weren't like. Did they not have that up? No, they acted almost like all these were seedless games. It was just like here's the game. Really, I'll have to look for that. I didn't notice that one. I, I was because I was curious I, about what the seeds were, and right. I was not getting any of that information. Well, as we said when the Cavs played them on Tuesday, like that's not a seven. No, that Nets team is not a no, seven. No, they could be. That's the a Hawks. four. No, I know. Yeah, that yeah. was tough. And I think Trey played himself into being a villain around here. That'd be good. I mean, he was pretty chesty as he should be. The way he, he played, he was great. Yeah, he was sensational. He really was. He was, he was great. Speaking of great. I know those of you who aren't hard of seeing or for those of you, unlike Bo, who follow me on social media, I posted a clip over the weekend of, uh, of Jeff George throwing the ball to James Jett, who was a track guy back in the day, as a matter of fact. What made this come to light? It was just like, came from a random, just kind of like a random quarterback tweet about just guys with absolute hoses. Old time football. Okay. Is who tweeted it. So Jay, uh, Jeff George rocket to James Jet 49-yard touchdown from – this was a, a Raiders – this is the season that Jeff George, 29 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, no big deal for the Raiders, led the AFC. What in, year in is this? Categories. What are we looking at? This feels like a 90 – late 90s, 97-ish maybe. Okay. 98 in that range. And they used to run this, so this is a play they ran a lot. I'm very, quite familiar with them, but this is against Seattle. By the way, those old Seahawks uniforms are great. I don't know why we can't bring them back. Yeah, I think that they're the one that I think th I think those would be a good one-off. I do think their new ones fit. Sure, I'd them, love this as a one-off. But those as a one-off, they should get into the rotation again. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, those are good. It's a fun yeah. one. I do think their ones now are superior, but I do think that though that's a great – I think the Seahawks probably have the best modern uniform in the NFL. All right, he throws the ball in this. I'm going to retweet it again for everybody right now. He throws the ball from his own 42. Okay. The ball is caught two seconds later mm -hmm. in the end zone. Yep. 60 yards in the air. Mm -hmm. The ball, it's basically a line drive. It's a laser. I mean, it's a, he's, he always had a hose. I just don't think the ball comes off anybody's hand like this anymore. Or it just accelerates in the air like well, that. Well, I think the, uh, I mean... If he played in today's I mean, Mahomes, day, Mahomes has a hose. It's Herbert just has different. a hose. It just looks different. Uh, Michael Vick had that. Michael Vick could flick like that. You know, he could just off of any platform. Could just, it felt like he would just like a laser. And then when he really wound up, he had it. Um, yeah, I mean, no, there aren't too many. You know, he's also like a traditional drop back. Oh yeah. So you get like the drop out of it. Like now they're out of the gun, so that's a little bit different. You don't, you're not dropping, hitting that plant foot, and then yeah, he's dropping. He's faking the right. end around to Tim Brown. Yeah, he takes one hop up one and hop then just and then gone annihilates that ball. Yeah, that he ne that was never the he always had the big arm. I mean, that was always there. <sighs> I got something that you might be interested in. So what's that? And this is pretty interesting. So Tom Brady okay. tweeted at Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen like a the eyes emoji thing, and then that's it. He added them at it. So it appears that we have. The, this year's version of the match is going to involve the four quarterbacks. Yeah, did you see this? So it's Allen's – I'm seeing it right now. It's yeah. Allen and Mahomes <laughs> against Brady and Rodgers. And I got to tell you, there's so many things I'm surprised about. When this thing first launched, I thought it was a Tiger Woods vehicle with Peyton Manning. Same. That's what I thought, that those two guys were the, were the launch mechanisms for it. Like you needed one of those guys for it to be a success. Um, and instead it went – to not have a pro, I think part of the allure is to do it with a pro, 
Like, I can watch Tahoe if I want to watch this. This has like, zero appeal to me. Same. I don't know that None. this hits at all. I, I, you know, you. I want to watch Tom Brady play with Kepka because that's some. Then, then I get to see Brady, who's a pretty average. You know, he's a good golfer, but not not in terms of this level. Versus with an all-time player in the world, like, why do I want to see a bunch of amateurs play? Even if they are football players, I think they're missing the point. Yeah, I'm not. And I don't know. Are you going to get a lot? It doesn't strike me as like a ton of personality in this. I mean, it's going to rely heavily on Rodgers. He's the only one with his dry. I mean, they need like McAfee on the call. Like, what are these other guys' handicaps? Rodgers and Brady are pretty decent, right? Rodgers seemed better than Brady to me. Yeah. I mean, of the of the guys that we saw play, Manning was the best, right? Of the guys we've seen. Who have we seen in this? We've seen Manning, Brady, Rodgers. Has anyone else done it? Like Steph would is Steph's probably I would better love than to all see of them. Steph. Yeah. He's probably better than all of them. Yes, I would love to see that. Yeah. But I think Manning's the best of these guys at this. Where are they doing this? Win the win again? No. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Not for me. Like who's gonna what's I don't want where's the entertainment? What's the allure? They're gonna have to have Chuck do it. Sure. So we'll have Chuck and maybe Justin Thomas. Maybe they pay Justin Thomas to do it to make fun of him. There's something about a pro. You have to have a pro and Tiger, correct? Or a pro like and Peyton and a pro and Brady. Like that was fun. And if you're going to, you have to have somebody without having somebody like Peyton. Isn't that what the first one was? Wasn't the first one Phil? It was Peyton and and Tiger. Yeah. And Phil and Tom. Phil and Tom. Yeah, that and, was and, it. And Peyton hit one of the most pressure-packed shots. Clutch shots ever. Ever on that par three. Yeah, on 17. Yeah, and Brady played like garbage, but then he did dunk the one in from the fairway. But without, I don't know, without Manning and without, I mean, so much of the humor was carried by Phil. Yes. And now he's out of the mix. Apparently he's been evaporated. And then, so last year the one in Montana was DeChambeau and Phil and Rodgers and Brady. Is that what the first was? Rodgers and Kepka. Oh, Kepka, Wasn't it? Was Kepka with? I can't remember. I don't remember either. I remember the original. I remember DeChambeau was there because he tried to hit the 700-yard drive. Mm-hmm. And I remember Rodgers and Brady. But I wanted to say Phil was the fourth, but maybe Maybe Phil. Yeah, maybe it wasn't Kepka. Did they have the Kepka-DeChambeau feud? That might feud? have been later. Right. Yeah. But anyway, this does nothing. This does nothing for me. Um, all right. Lots of NFL teams are reporting uh, in terms of uh, getting ready to start those offseason programs. Uh, there is some news on that side of thing. We are going to do you a football solid in this god-awful day, and we are going to go through this roster and tell you where we are. We'll go uh, position group by position group, let you know where we are, where we're still needed, where there are some holes, uh, what we think is going to happen at these various position groups. We will do that over the course of the next hour and 40 uh, as we start to gear up toward uh, towards guys coming in here and, and starting to get a little bit of work done. We're off and running here on a Monday edition, Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. OBM, Ohio business machine, preferred copier provider of your Cleveland Browns. If all the X's and O's to your office, call 216-485-2000 or visit ohiobusinessmachines.com. 
All right, let's start our breakdown of this roster and where it is, uh, where most of the fun is. And it's in the offensive backfield, and it is uh, led by a, I think, probably consensus top five quarterback in the NFL now with Deshaun Watson. Uh, that running back room remains intact. This is a loaded group, my friend. Yeah, so this is going to be absolutely one of the strengths of the Cleveland Browns. And I do think it is possible, if we're, if we're going to get into you know the draft, I think that it is possible that you could see somebody added here to this room. Uh, we'll start with quarterback and then get into the running backs. Either one, I think it's possible in a draft that you could be looking at somebody as kind of a long-term viable backup prospect because currently your quarterback's numbers two and three are on short-term deals. And so you've got now Deshaun Watson is your starter. Uh, you've got Jacoby Brissett as your backup, Josh Dobbs third string Baker still on the roster right now, but I think we all know that's going to be resolved at some point and, and the sooner, hopefully the better there. So this could be, if there's something in the mid rounds, later rounds that the Browns are interested in, could they give a look there? Absolutely. So that's where you're at from a quarterback perspective from the running back room. Can we just stay on Watson? Just sure, for a go second ahead. Before, yeah, we, before we break this down, because sure. you know, with, you know, he's, it's been about a month now since he's been, uh, a, a part of the Cleveland Browns and you know you, you know we didn't see him play last year and so it's been a while since people have seen him play and are aware of how great he is at at playing football for a living and I think what what's going to be most remarkable with him is not only all of the throws that he makes look very routine that are oftentimes extraordinary but the other thing with him is the versatility that he's going to provide Kevin Stefanski in the play-action game is going to be stunning because he's a jet. The dude is a jet. Like, he's got that part of his game too. So you're going to see, and I was trying to think of, when was the last time that a quarterback of this talent played in this type of system in their prime? Like a, a Shanahan zone run Big time run system, but also to be able to play action off of it. Who's what is the what? Who is that? John Elway with Mike Shanahan. But that's the end of Elway. Sure, he's still great. I mean, Matt Ryan's he's... not the athlete he is, but Matt Ryan was certainly in his prime with right. Kyle in seventeen and was Won the MVP, an MVP of the league. Right, right. It's just usually when you have this type of offense that we deploy, the quarterback, for whatever reason, most oftentimes it feels like the quarterback's limited. Yes, and that is not the case here. Anymore no. with Deshaun Watson, the quarterback allows for even more from the offense. So if you think about what this offense has done for Ryan or Cousins or whomever through the years, now all of a sudden you're taking a peak athlete at the position and a peak performer at the quarterback position, and you're putting him in an offense that is advantageous and schemes guys wide open. Sky's the limit, man. Well, you're talking about a three-time Pro Bowler. You're talking about a guy who has the highest completion percentage in NFL history That's right. for a quarterback with 1,500 attempts. The highest completion percentage in NFL history. So in terms of your efficiency, in terms of your ability to make all the plays and then the danger that he adds due to his dynamic abilities as a runner, is it's a stunning thing. It is something that I think you could be very, very right about, that it, it may be, in fact without precedent in this offense to have a guy at this stage of his career who is this good. And he's coming off of a season in which he led the NFL back in 2020, 4,823 yards passing, 70% completions, 33 touchdowns, seven picks, led the league averaging nine yards an attempt, led the league averaging 12.6 yards 
per completion. And then you go in and you look and you say, well, what's he do as a runner every year? Well, for his career, he averages basically 417 yards rushing, 418 yards rushing and 4.25 rushing touchdowns a season. He averages producing as a runner uh, about 31st downs a year. So that's two a game. So this is a guy that is going to extend drives with his legs, but his ability to make every single throw, all levels of the field, he is an incredible, incredible vertical passer. I mean, his accuracy on the vertical ball is stunning to watch, and, and we're going to do some of that stuff and break some of that stuff down for you guys uh, in the coming weeks here at cleanbrowns.com, the Browns mobile app, and our YouTube channel. But Deshaun Watson is a stunning football player, and he is a stunning quarterback that will allow this staff to come up with absolutely anything under the sun because there's nothing that he can't physically do. And the way that he is going to stress defenses is going to be incredible. And that leads to the next part, which is our running back room. And when I talk about stressing a defense, teams are going to now where in the past teams were, okay, let's stop the run. Now teams have to be worried about our pass first. Run is a distant second afterthought because of what he does. Again, remember, he averaged 8.9 yards per attempt. That means every time they called a passing play on average, the Houston Texans in 2020 gained nine yards. The best running back in the league, you averaged five yards a carry, you were going to be amongst the league leaders. Yeah. That's a four-yard difference per play. Yep. So teams are going to be worried about that. So we're not going to see eight, nine-man boxes anymore. So you're going to have Nick Chubb, who is one of the best light box runners in the NFL. He's also one of the best heavy box runners in the league because that's what he saw running against a light box more often than he has at any point in his career. So you've got a running back room that's the best in the league. You've got Nick Chubb. You've got Kareem Hunt. You've got Dearness Johnson, who's on the restricted tender, signed his tender. And so could another team try to pry him away at this point? Yes. You've got John Kelly, who had a very nice preseason for you a year ago. Trey Harbison as well, who spent some time in the organization. But those are the, the five running backs that you currently have on the roster. And then you'd add Johnny Stanton in there uh, as the lone fullback right now. That's what you've got here. Running back, the Browns have met with some running backs. Could I see a later round running back? Because Yeah, and the reason is you're not going to be able to keep the three, your top three, you're not going to be able to be, stay intact beyond this year, most likely. It does, yeah. I mean, this is this is it for for Hunt and Chubb together. Like this would be the end of the road for for those two guys. I think most people would say that, and you acknowledge it. Um, but it, I think it would it would really suck if we weren't able to see that because it, we just haven't been able to see them both healthy, consist. You know, like they've been banged up. I mean, yep. Nick, Kareem missed so many games last year. Nick's missed games. Like it would just be a hell of a thing. To see them both, we love what De'Aaron Springs, but you'd be something to see the two of those guys healthy for a season. And it's something that we've seen in flashes, but in terms of for a full season would be a remarkable thing to add to what Watson can do to this offense to have both those guys standing behind him. Yeah, and he's very effective at getting running backs involved in the passing game yeah. as well. He's never had a runner quite like this, but you know, you could see the way that Kareem Hunt is a weapon out of the backfield being a, another thing. And you could, I think you're going to see them on the field together, not so much for lead running blocking and power game, but just to create mismatches. You can motion Kareem out. You can get a tell from the defense. Then you have maybe an RPO where you can run a little screen out to Kareem as he runs a little bubble from the slot, or he can run an angle route, or he can do the handoff to, to mm -hmm. Nick Chubb and just read the safeties. That's the thing. Defenses have never had to account for our quarterback. And even in Matt Ryan's MVP season, the defense never had to account no. for Matt Ryan. Defenses do have to account for Deshaun Watson. 
And so that changes a little bit of the math. It's just another little thing that tips the scales in the favor of the offense. And so we have the opportunity and, and I think our work is not done at the receiver position. And we'll talk about that as we kind of keep going through all these positions, but we have the opportunity to have a top three offense in the NFL. And I don't think that's hyperbole at all. I think we will have the best running game of any offense in the league. And people go back to Minnesota. That was with Kirk Cousins and very talented Justin Jefferson, very talented Dalvin Cook, solid Adam Thielen, although he missed a lot of last year. The scheme there is sound, similar to ours, although I think we're more diverse in our scheme. There was a stretch where I think they had 10 straight games where they didn't score below 26 points. If we did that last year, we, were, we won our division. We may have won the Super Bowl. Yeah. I don't know, but we didn't. Now we have an offense that's going to do that. Yeah, I think that's um, – and, and maybe someone will come to mind, but all of the things that we have the potential to be here offensively, uh, this, is, this is all why this deal is done because this unlocks so many things, and it puts you immediately in a conversation. We'll go through it and continue to articulate, and we're not done. There's going to be other guys added to this roster. But when you think about the best teams in this league and you think about the Bills – you think about Kansas City, uh, the teams that are going to be in the mix going forward, and, if you, and obviously Cincinnati, they were in the Super Bowl. You've got to have to score a ton of points. You're going to have to be very diverse. There is no offense in the league that has the potential, especially – I know we got to figure out what's going to happen at receiver beyond Amari, but whatever else is added there, to the potential to be as diverse as this one does. Deshaun's ability to take off and go is something that this type of offense has never seen matched with his arm talent. It just there aren't because there aren't that many guys who've ever had that type of talent, let alone played in this system with a guy like Nick Chubb or a guy like Kareem Hunt standing beside him. No, so just kind of I'm going through real quickly here, um, in the AFC, and you've got uh, there we go. All right, so these are just these are the teams that are predicted to have their wins be up on par with ours, right? And and just kind of what their big three would be. So you'd have the Bills, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and then Devin Singletary. So a little bit of a weak link at, at running back. Yep. Mahomes, Kelsey, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire. Again, weak link at running back. Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen. Eckler. Eckler. That's pretty a good. good one. That's a good one. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good one. And they're – yeah, go ahead. Continue. Broncos, Russell Wilson, Javante Williams, Jerry Judy. Not this level, but no. you can see the potential for it if Williams – Goes. Burrow, Chase, Mixon. Yep, sold. Legit. Uh, Tannehill, Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown. Tannehill's a little bit of a, a yep. of a holdback. You know, Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins coming off the injury, and Hollywood Brown. That's not not, not elite. Deshaun Watson, Amari Cooper, Nick Chubb. It's pr pretty elite. That's pretty good. And you got some depth there. And then Indianapolis, you would have Matt Ryan, Michael Pittman Jr., Jonathan Taylor. Not bad. The Dolphins is interesting because now you got Tua, and I mean, you really your weapons are are Waddle and Tyree Kill. Sure, but they added the Raheem Mostert. They added Chase yeah. Edmonds, who could fit there. New England doesn't really have mm -mm. anything that you're now the the Raiders. Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, and Josh Jacobs. I mean, it's just again, it's a it's a pretty loaded. Well, even in the end, if you want to add Rodgers and and you want to do Rodgers and Brady and Dak and those guys, there's nobody on the level of us. No, because they don't have they don't have the 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 running back. The running back. No, no, that's the weak link. Uh, well, in, in, in Green Bay, cases. it's the receiver. It's the receivers in Green but Bay. Who's it's the, the running back in in Tampa Bay? Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, and and it's committee. Committee. 
Cowboys. Ezekiel Elliott's terrible. He's anyway. not. No, it's, so yeah. It doesn't matter. And CD Lamb would be their their trio. No, that's it. It's a, it's just kind of an interesting thing that they put in themselves. The Browns now have an opportunity, I think, to truly be dynamic. And I think we need one more dynamic playmaker at receiver. And we've got 10 days to the draft. And I think that's where it could come. There could be somebody in free agency as well. Maybe a combination of, of both as you look to get one or two more receivers in here. But when you think about where you are at quarterback, and let's not forget, Jacoby Brissett's a six-year veteran, former third-round pick. He was the Colts' Walter Payton Man of the Year in 2020. 6'4", 235. This is what he did as a starter in two seasons with Indy. 31 passing touchdowns, 13 picks. Like We just haven't, at no point in my tenure, have we ever had touchdown interception ratios. Not like that, no. Never. Now, the second half of 2020, when Baker was uh, was very, very good, 20 touchdowns, two interceptions, that's the best stretch we've had. But from our season standpoints, to have these kind of numbers, Watson, what did I say, he had 31 and 7 or something? Yeah. No. 500 yards uh, rushing and 11 touchdowns on the ground. So he's a guy, again, can give you both of those things. And then you just talk about, you know, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. This is just a, a ridiculous, it is an unbelievable amount of riches. And then in Dur- Jernis Johnson last year started two games, Denver and New England, 325 total yards and a touchdown. He's great. He averaged 160 total yards and, a t- and half a touchdown in those games. No, he was he was absolutely sensational, um, and you you got to think about this from I've seen about this from Kareem's standpoint because last year, you know, he only he missed eight games, he missed half the season. So in two, uh, two of his one was was suspension obviously, but then in this this last year he only played half the games. In the game when in the season when Kareem played sixteen games, yep, it's eight forty one on the ground and six touchdowns. It's another three oh four in the air and five. It's eleven touchdowns, and and eleven hundred yards. Brother, going to the playoffs, he scored again. Yeah. A couple times in the playoffs. Counting the playoffs in 2020, Chubb and Hunt became the fourth running back duo in the history of the NFL to both have more than 1,200 total yards and 12 total touchdowns in the same season. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's stunning when it goes. And it's amazing. Like, Kareem's still only 27. Yeah. And is, you know, is from a workload standpoint, it hasn't really had to, had to been there because they've timeshare. I mean, you know he had 272 carries as a rookie in Kansas City his next highest is the second year in Kansas City is at 181 I'm sorry at 198 here in 2020 um but it's 43 at 78 like he's pretty fresh he will be quite fresh quite hungry and he's got a guy that's got an opportunity you know for Kareem Hunt the the likelihood that he's a starting running back somewhere in 2023 it's probably pretty high, right? Yeah. I mean, he's such a good player, but and this is a good look, great fit for him. It has been incredibly productive when he's been on the field. It's worked very well. It's helped keep Nick Chubb fresh as well uh, on his three straight Pro Bowls. Um, something that only Jim Brown uh, has. Jim Brown and Leroy Kelly are the only ones who've ever gone to the Pro Bowl in this franchise's history. Three straight seasons. Kelly did in sixty-seven to seventy-two, uh, and Jim Brown's the only other one to do it. The guy is – this is crazy for Nick Chubb. Three straight 1,000-yard seasons. He's averaging 1,273 yards, 9.3 rushing touchdowns per season. Never been below five yards per carry or eight rushing touchdowns in any season in his NFL career. Go back to his rookie year. He runs for 996. And remember, we were, Baker he was, was over 1,000. He was over 1,000, then came back, and then we were trying to get Baker the touchdown record, so we were throwing. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. Inside the five or whatever. And at any point, you could have given it to him. He would have went back over 1,000. didn't he, care. 
No, he didn't care. He went. He finished at 996 uh, that rookie year, 5.2 per. Here's something to think about, guys. Jeez. Nick Chubb last year, 968 yards after contact, 4.25 yards per carry after contact. 4.25 yards after contact per carry. That's against loaded boxes. Loaded box. We're not going to see that anymore. No. Nope. There's going to be none of that. The nope. days of teams coming out and putting everybody at the line of scrimmage, nine guys sometimes, and saying, okay, we dare you to throw, are over. It's done. They will be like, can we entice you to yep. try to run it? Even though Nick Chubb is – he is – as much a big play threat as a runner as anybody else in the NFL. Yeah. 41 runs of 10 yards or more last year, second in the league. Yeah, it's stunning. That that the offensive backfield, a tremendous uh, embarrassment of riches. We'll check in on the offensive line, the tight end group coming up next. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Yeah, my friends at the Bath Authority, you got to check them out. They give you the bathroom of your dreams. You can transform it right now. That current bathroom you have can feel like a custom bath spa if you just let them give you the chance. The Bath Authority makes it a reality for you at a fraction of the cost of the competitors. They're the best, guys. Cleveland's premier bath and shower remodeler, expert factory trained installers. Give them a call now, 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. That number is 216-220-8399 or go to thebathauthority.com. It's where affordability meets quality. They've got the largest selection of bath projects. They're all made in the United States. You can change your bathroom from outdated to outstanding. Acrylic tubs, they insulate, keep the heat in. Tub to shower conversions. Simply put, superior products, expert installers. Call now, 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. That number is 216-220-8399 or go to thebathauthority.com for more. As we continue our tour around our depth chart, and now we are on the offensive line the tight end room as well uh, a little bit of shake up here we've got some injuries with Conklin we got to deal with in terms of uh, his health uh, but still overall what should be one of the one of the strengths of this or any team absolutely and we'll start with the offensive line from left to right your starters Jedrick Wills Joel Batonio multiple time all pro your Nick Harris who was our guest a couple uh, days ago he, man, will he was be, impressive he was great I liked him a lot man. same yeah he was fantastic Nick Harris starting center Wyatt Teller right guard and the two-time all pro Jack Conklin Wyatt Teller and all pro last year Jack Conklin your right tackle so where we've got some depth though I think at all of these positions so let's start with the it will start we'll go inside out so inside Ethan Posick who has 40 starts to his name uh, a former second-round pick out of LSU uh, was with the Seattle Seahawks. The Browns have signed him. He is likely to be the backup true center to Nick Harris. And then at the guard positions, you've got a lot of names that you guys know very, very well here. Backing up, Joel Batonian, and Wyatt Teller, Michael Dunn, Blake Hans. Blake Hans again, remember, truly an interior offensive lineman, despite the fact that mm -hmm. he started a ton of games before he had tackle a year ago. So those two, you have Drew Forbes, who was your draft pick a couple of years ago out of Southeast Missouri State. Um, and, and then you've got Yelt Froholt, who was here. Yelda Froholt, who was with you for a lot of the season last year, uh, was even active for a couple of games as well. Um, and then David Moore, a first-year guy out of Grambling State. Those are kind of your backups on the interior of this offensive line. And so, you know, when you think about what Hans did, you know, seven starts, 
at both left tackle and right tackle, 14 games. You got Dunn, who's made starts for you in the playoffs. He made starts at Ve- against Vegas and Green Bay last year. Um, Forbes was your six-round pick in 2019. He's missed all of 2020, opted out COVID that year. Uh, knee injury cost him last year. He's fighting. Froholt was on the team, the roster last year. So there are, and, and David Moore was on the practice squad last year. So that's your guard backup room, and you're probably looking at, you know, Posick making the team and then maybe Hanson Dunn. That's a pretty darn good interior of, of your line there. So now we go to the outside of the line and, and your key contributors at the tackle position and guys that you're looking at. Chris Hubbard is back, and it'll be great to see him. Miss all last year with that triceps yeah. injury. Um just he started 40 plus games for this franchise at right tackle a veteran he can play tackle he can play guard he's filled in at guard for Wyatt Teller in 2020 in our playoff season you've got James Hudson who was our fourth round pick a year ago who made some starts for you as well um, as a backup and so you're thinking this line feels in a way like you could kind of go into it right now and say all right those are our starters our backups are going to be you know Michael Dunn Blake Hans Posick in the middle Chris Hubbard and uh, Hudson on the outside. And you're already at 10. There it <laughs> yeah. is. Now, there's going to be competition, obviously. Sure, and, and Jack is, you know, with that injury, where are we? What's kind of a time? Have you heard anything on that? Any timetable? He's looking good. There is optimism that he can be a guy that is ready, ready to roll, ready to roll when this season gets going. See your swag. Just throwing the love around. It's a beautiful thing to see. He is, yeah. Uh, but Real bouncy today, isn't he? Despite he is. The weather. A lot of spring. Never seems stuff. to get him down. No. Hours through it. No. When you're a man of great means, weather, I guess, is immaterial to you. <laughs> um, but I, I think the hope is that Conklin's going to be ready to go for the season. I know he's in here busting his butt every single day to get mm-hmm. back. He looks great. He's in great spirits whenever I've talked to him. Um, so I, I think that there's optimism there. But James Hudson and or Chris Hubbard, one of those two, will be ready to go if he's not at the right tackle spot early in the year. And then you've got a couple of projects or guys that, you know, developmental guys, uh, on your offensive line in the tackle room as it sits today as well. Alex Taylor, who spent 2020 and most of 2021 on the Browns practice squad. He was on the active roster last year. He's that tackle that's 6'8", an 88-inch wingspan, which was tops of the combine. Uh, he was the only player in 2020 from an HBCU to get a combine invite. He played hoops and football at South Carolina State. So he was an All-American in 2019. Uh, they like the talent. Clearly, if you stay in the program for a third year, they like what they're seeing, the development, and, I mean, that size, 6'8", and those long arms, that's something they can get behind. Now, the other guy, it's interesting, uh, Elijah Nakansa, he's an undrafted free agent out of Toledo, 6'1", which is very short for a tackle. Yeah. But he's been on a practice uh, practice squads around the league since 18. Tennessee, Seattle, Houston, Indy, the Jets, the Browns played in one career game. So he's going to be fighting for a roster spot there. But that's a look at your your line room right now. We talked about is you've already got 15 guys here. I mean, you've got three – Three lines, yeah, yeah. No, you've got, you're you're set there. You're good to go. Um, and and what we're going to get into coming up next, we'll get into tight ends. We'll get into wide receivers. Uh, we do have a, a little bit of news in the NFL side of things as well. We will get to that coming up in the final hour of the program. You listen to Cleveland Brown Saley on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
All right, welcome back into Cleveland Browns Daily. If you're thinking about upgrading your enterprise operating system but can't afford the downtime and disruption that goes with a major overhaul, then I've got an answer for you. They're my friends at EOX Vantage. Data scientists, but also business operations experts. Your EOX Vantage team does not take a rip-and-replace approach to improving your operating systems. Instead, they help you to build onto what you already have so you make the best use of your investments, both old and new. Fearing your employees will stress out over your new system, EOX Vantage works to ensure your people can easily adapt to their new workflows at a comfortable pace. You can start out by making easily manageable changes and add on more when the time is right. Read how other business owners have overhauled their systems without overwhelming their people at EOXVantage.com. A couple of uh, news and notes around the National Football League. Did you take in the USFL this weekend at all? Did you turn it on? No, but I like to talk about one of the things that happened in the USFL quite so, a bit. Did so, you? I saw it going viral. I have not heard the clip, um, but I, I did see it going around this morning. So you know the human who d- is involved in this? That was our former running backs coach, Kirby Wilson, who is the head coach, I guess, of the Marauders. The running back in, in question, Davion Smith, said, I did nothing disrespectful or did anything disrespectful. Uh, and then there's the video that has come out, which is about two minutes. Um, and it, what it feels like is that, this player was didn't want to eat chicken salad and wanted instead to eat pizza and and he was cut for that. Let's play let's play and just listen along to this stupefying moment. Well, he crossed the line. So we had to deal with it. This is very difficult for me as a head coach. My first time. But we have a business, okay? This is a business, and you're a businessman. We all are, because that's the nature of the beast right now. But uh, when I first talked to you guys on March 22nd, I had a handbook, and I covered some items that were very important to me. Line 46 addresses that. Any disrespect of football or members, staff, USFL, hotel, etc., would not be tolerated. And it's been brought to my attention that has occurred with you. So unfortunately, unfortunately, hear me out, unfortunately, cost of doing business, I'm going to have to let you go. Okay? I didn't think I did anything or said anything disrespectful. I, I can tell you what happened exactly. It's not important right now. Right. It's not important. I don't it's, know. It's already happened. Right. It's already happened. I didn't say anything disrespectful. He said, is that going to be a problem? I said, yes. That's it. And I walked away. I mean, I didn't think that was disrespectful. Me saying yes, I don't eat chicken salad. And I was like, is there another option? Walked in with pizza, and I was like, can I get a slice of pizza? He said no. I was like, he said, is that going to be a problem? I said yes. That's all I said. I didn't say no cuss word, nothing. That's all I said. I promise you, no disrespectful on my dad's life. I promise you, I didn't say nothing disrespectful besides yes. And I appreciate you sharing that, but the matters, it's done. It's done. <sighs> Someone's feelings hurt feelings are a distant second to the greater good of the team. And we've moved on and turned that page, and I'm happy we did it. I can't mope about something. Just go home and work. I ain't no dumb dude, so I figure it out. So, what? Yeah, he said he didn't want chicken salad. Did they have anything else? He saw some pizza, said, hey, can I have some pizza? The guy said, no, is that going to be a problem? And he said, yeah, because he doesn't eat chicken salad. And they cut him for that. 
which is stupefying. Jeff Kerr from CBS said, just from the video and his explanation, all I see is a player wanting something else to eat. He got cut for not wanting to eat chicken salad. Think about that. I mean, what if it feels like if I was on this team and all they had was egg salad? and I'd You're like, out. I can't eat that. You blew it, is boy. Is there anything else I could eat? They would have cut me. So I was trying to see. I mean, this is – okay. And I mean, you watch the video. The guy's despondent. Well, yeah. I mean, the whole thing is, is insane. I, there's a guy who says it's John Peterson who's on first. I was wondering if that was the guy who's former Ohio State. He was on the Ohio State staff. So I wondered if personnel. he was involved too, that maybe he's in personnel. I, I'm not sure on that. And honestly, there's not even a – there's not even like – in terms of like their – the USFL websites, like you click on their website, it's brutal. It says news schedule roster. Like it doesn't – there's nothing on like coaches or like front office uh, or any of that. Um Wow. Yeah, I don't think you want that. I don't think you want that. Did you watch any of the game? I did not. Did you? No, I watched none of it. Zero. So they're all playing in Birmingham this first year? All of these games are in Birmingham? It's- I believe so. I believe that no one's playing at a home stadium. They're all just playing in Birmingham. So, for example, like it's uh, New Orleans Breakers, Philly Stars, they all just played in Birmingham. It's the Houston Gamblers, Michigan Panthers, Birmingham. Birmingham yeah, all, Stallions. Yeah. New Jersey Generals, the game was played in Birmingham. So is it at that field that used to host the – Got to be Legion Birmi- Field. Yeah, the Birmingham Bolts of the XF- the original the XFL. XFL. Yeah, season it's got to be. You were a no season ticket deal. holder there. That's that. right. And they, at, that, at that stadium down there, which is Legion Field, where they used to play the Iron Bowl forever. Um, I mean, it's a pretty wild circumstance. I also think – so there's a – I don't know. Like, they're obvi- these guys are banking on nostalgia – and that's why they have the Houston Gamblers, the Michigan, New Jersey yep. Generals, Birmingham. Like these are all teams that were original USFL. I was unaware of a Pittsburgh Maulers in the USFL. I think it's surprising, stunning, and borderline negligent that they didn't put one of these teams in Ohio. Like the fact that Columbus is sitting there empty, vacant yeah. in the why spring. Not? Yeah, why not? With three million people in the biggest metro in Ohio, and they not they don't put one of these teams in Columbus. Like, fine, don't put it here, don't put it in Cincinnati, but put one of those teams in Columbus, to me, is crazy, rather than give another Pittsburgh, really? Right. Don't they have enough going on? Feels like it. Feels like it. Like, seems like a stretch. Um, That's a bad look of the league. I don't, I didn't watch it. Um, I'm not interested in it. The the nostalgia's not going to help. I'll give the Rocks thing a shot to see what he does around that. Yeah, he's the Rock. But it's still, it's going to be a race to who gets an association with the NFL first. That's it. That's all this is. It's a race to that. Who gets an association with the NFL? Exactly. I mean, I'm more curious than who plays there and becomes the Dearness Johnson or PJ Walker. Who plays there and and makes a name for themselves and gets themselves a career that they wouldn't otherwise had without this developmental league. But are you interested in you seeing them become that, or are you interested in that once they get here? I'm interested in hearing about it, then watching some of it, and then, and then getting here. Getting here. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the other thing that these spring leads didn't have to contend with. The last time they we did this, the AAF and the wasn't there a XFL a couple of years mm-hmm. ago too. So here's what the, those leagues have to deal with now that they didn't have to then. Name, image, and likeness in college. So what those leagues could have been at some point is they could have been a jumping off point for kids who did not want to go to college to make a little money and play some football until the NFL allowed for somebody under the age of 21 to come three years removed from high school to come to the NFL. Well, now I don't know how any of these things are going to be able to match the money that these kids are going to be able to make on campus at big state. U. no way they're not none. They're not. So 
even there was a thought that maybe some of the best players who didn't want to play school would be able to do go this route. It would be an alternative for them. We're seeing that in the NBA, the G League. There's another. There's a Unite, whatever that thing is, where you can go make some money if you don't want to go to college. Sure, you can go make some money doing that, or you can go overseas. The thing was that maybe this, maybe one of these leagues would be that, but that all happened before NIL. Yeah, it's a total. Now with NIL, you're never going to get those players. You want to be at the big schools, of course. You're make way it's more where money. all the money is, man. By the way, speaking of this, uh, just tweeted out by The Rock. Monumental Partnership is our XFL 2023 partners with the NFL's Alumni Academy. This partnership will serve as a pipeline to the NFL in the fall and the XFL in the spring. I'm excited for players in our entire football ecosystem. So they've announced a partnership with the NFL's Alumni Academy to scout, train, scout and train potential players for the 2023 season. So I, it just feels like so that he league just did it. already has a tie in. His He's already be, got yes. the association. Yep. Because everyone wants to be associated with The Rock. I mean, it's pretty – and who would, guys – electric um i also saw this from uh pro football talk this morning the um the direct tv the red zone and the sunday ticket apple could be making a move on that to take it away from direct tv so that would be a part of then like their apple apple tv i suppose tv app yeah but can i get that if i don't have an apple tv yes you can yeah it'll download even on a samsung i couldn't find yeah, it that's where like ted lasso is no, I know. I've never seen any of that stuff because I've never downloaded the app. Download it, baby. So it's all I can get that on the Samsung TV yeah. or on the Sony TV. Sure. All right, I'll have to give it a shot. Yeah, there's good stuff it's on just, there. It's the same. It's like a Netflix is. Yeah, like I know, a, but I thought I searched for it and it was. It's its own thing. I blew it. Yeah. Speaking of blown it, the um, Saturday morning screams from the boys' loft area as they were watching uh, watching something about something Bootsy was watching. It was inappropriate, and I went up there, and boy, was it, and. It was on YouTube, and what I – you talk about blowing, blowing it. On all of the YouTubes in the house, I had put restrictive search, except this one, and somehow the algorithm for that gets you to dude perfect pushes you without restriction to what? Girls Gone Wild. Not quite that extreme, but what would be similar to dude perfect that you showed me – remember you with the egg and the mustard? Oh, jackass. Yes. So the next thing's Much better. Good. All right. Right. Good. Okay. I don't know. Is it? Yeah. Yes. I feel like it's all bad. Definitely. So the next things that were coming up, it was Dude Perfect into Jackass. They were pushing Bootsy to Jackass. He does not need that He does type not of need that inspiration no. at all. No. But it was a bad job of me because I forgot to put the uh, select the restrictive search on it. You need it. Yeah. That was not great. Not great, buddy. That's got to be... An incredible, like, when we were that age, the internet didn't even exist, really. Correct. No, not at all. Not at all. And now, to it. I mean, they could search anything, anything and get anything that they want. Yeah. Immediately. And, what do you, and how are you ever going to, you can't police it. You can't so possibly. it's the Wild West. Uh, so that's where you are. By the way, so, isn't it kind of wild, the, speaking of the Wild West and just how this is, who would have ever thought that Thursday night football mm -hmm. was going to be living on Amazon. Yep. Then you have to go into the Amazon video app. Yep. To watch Thursday night football. Yep. Okay. Now Sunday tickets going to live on the Apple app. Yep. Like that's wild. Sure is. Sure is. Yeah. It was funny. It was uh, Miss Kay and I were talking, and she was she was marveling at how Saturday Night Live has had this kind of amazing run, and she's like, "But how was it so big back? You know, when it started? I'm like, well, in the '70s, there were like it was on NBC. 
Yeah, you had like, three you had channels. like a few channels, and then maybe if you got one of those TVs, you got the UHF and you get to the VHF and right. you could monkey around and get a few other. Like I said, it just there weren't that many choices. What's more amazing is that it survived. It just became such an institution that survived when there are. It a does feel choices. like that. That sh- yeah, it does. I think that's the most amazing that it has somehow stuck to it. Um, I think what's really remarkable. It does feel like they've shifted almost more to the viral skits mm-hmm. like i don't i can't tell you the last time i actually watched it oh uh, we still will throw it on on like uh yeah but you guys are on a, a different late, calendar yeah, like yeah, i we used yeah. to, i used to like it you know yeah. before the kids i'd still see first half hour so see what sure. was going on if i like the guest whatever i'd stick around yeah uh it used to be an institution it was just what you did and um and now i do find like if something crosses over then i see it you know right, on you social sure and all of that the next day so um yeah it's pretty wild the i actually had my first within two hours delivery from amazon over the weekend that's it's, which was remarkable I, I don't understand how that works how and it was a relatively obscure product ordered it at nine it was at my house by noon it's incredible what they're able to do it's yeah. it's a really remarkable thing that they're doing uh by the way pat mcafee apparently breaking big news right now the national mass mandate covering airports, planes, and other public travel has been voided. Hold on a second. McAfee's breaking that? It says Pat McAfee Show. Breaking. The national mass mandate covering <laughs> airports, planes, and other public travel has been voided. I haven't seen it anywhere else other than McAfee at this point, but, I mean, I feel like he's, he's, well, t- he's I, typically I like, on it. I feel like I'd get a Wall Street Journal. Oh, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal notification. They always come at the same time. Federal judge voids national mass mandate for airplanes and other transportation transportation settings. So there you go. So there you go. Look out. Nana might take back to the skies now. She couldn't handle it for that long. It's tough for her on a plane. Yeah. Yeah, it's, no, it's not great. It's not great. So very good. All right. We will continue our look at the uh, depth chart on the offensive side of things. We'll do the tight ends. We'll do the receivers. It's all coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Hey, Quesadich. Use that at all this weekend? You get a little so I've changed it. I don't like Quesadich. You don't like it? I like this. I've been saying Scaramooch. Scaramooch. <laughs> And yeah, I've been doing it all weekend. Like if we could bring Miss K in here right now, she would be like, "Oh my!" God. But then yeah. I busted it out last night at the par- at the uh, the birthday party. Everybody was loving it because <laughs> I made the bolognese and I did I did like the toast art and I said uh, you know a little the bolognese got a mooch. <laughs> I don't know the quesadilla. Quesadilla. It sounds like quesadilla. Well, one I think is an actual Italian phrase. Yeah, and the other is one I'm that's come of your imagination. Yeah, got yeah. a mooch. What, what? That was Trump's boy, was Scaramucci. Scaramucci. Scaramucci, yeah, yeah Scaramucci. his little buddy. It's Scaramucci. He was in the mix for like a week. Yeah, he was good. Didn't last long. Yeah. He was good on, uh, he was good on, uh, he's been on SNL. They parodied him quite a bit. He was yeah. pretty good. The guy was good on there. But yeah, I enjoy, like in my mom, when she, when Nana misplayed, when she played the heart, when she should have played a diamond, and I went, oh, Scaramucci. <laughs> so yes, I've been loving it. I that like guy, that, yeah. what about, I mean, $99. You got talking a burger for people who weren't aren't aware. We're talking about Frank Severo, yep. who played um, Frankie who's, Carbone. Frankie Carbone. Hey, Frankie Carbone. He's on. Uh, so he's in Goodfellas and The Godfather Part Two. That's right. Uh, but that's about it. Also right. 
the parts that he plays in those two movies are minimal. Minor. And yet, not in his view. Not in his Did you watch the video that he did while he was having the steak? No. What? Did, when did that drop? Over the weekend? I missed it. Oh, yeah. It was because he was about to travel out to go to this thing in New so York. So now tell the people what he's doing. He's got this set up. He's got, you get to go have a little good time with Frankie Carbone. So, yeah, you got to go to – and I think, it, I think it may have happened – was it like this weekend or it's coming up right now? I need to find – where's – I feel like I need to know. Because I texted you the picture. Can't we get him in Little Italy? I mean, it would be great. All right. So – Frank Savrino from the 1990 film Goodfellas will be f- returning to the historic Nears Tavern in Woodhaven this weekend. So it must have been this past weekend. Nears Tavern and Lefty Cigars are offering a package for $99 if a p- ticket is purchased in advance. It includes the restaurant's famous Goodfella burger, a ticket good for one beer or a glass of wine. It's got a mooch or a cocktail, <laughs> a premium hand-rolled cigar from Le- Lefty's branded with either Nears Tavern or Frank and a meet-and-greet providing the chance to hang out with Frank Severo, a.k.a. Frankie Carbone. Guests can take a picture with him or receive an autographed photo. So that's what you wow. can do. If, if for they, 100 bones? If there are any tickets deal. left on the day of the event, there'll be $120 at the door. How um, could there possibly be any I left? can't imagine. Gained fame as the bar in which some of the classic Martin Scorsese film Goodfellas starring Ray Liotta, Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, and Lorraine Bracco was filmed. It's 190 years old, one of the few old drinking establishments that have been in almost continuous operation in the city and in the same location. So he came, and, and then he did a video, which I'm so happy you told me this guy. This guy's brought me a lot of joy. But he did He's a, so great. He did a video. If you go to his, his Instagram, I am Frank Severo. Yeah, and it's right here. He's sitting down. Oh, He's my having God. A steak. Look at this. He's having uh, wine. So it was this Saturday was where he was at the bar. And he's like, yeah, I'm having the steak and a, a great glass of uh, the vino scaramouche. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Oh, my gosh. All right, I'll watch it at the break. You got it. Oh, yeah, you're really going to love it. Um, gambling without setting limits on how much you're going to wager or how long you'll play is like a football team going into a game without a game plan. It's probably going to end up in a loss. So always set limits before you bet. Get more tips like this at keepitfunohio.com. All right, let's do the tight end room, my friend, as we continue our voyage around your Cleveland Browns offense. Uh, The tight end room is going to look a little bit different this year. It is. Austin Hooper is now with the Tennessee Titans. And so Coming back in the tight end room, you've got David Njoku and Harrison Bryant. And, and, you know, the Chief just signing that he's it was put the franchise tag placed on him uh, last year. 36 catches, 475 yards, uh, third on the team, 13.2 yards a catch, team high four touchdowns. He had that game against the Chargers, seven ta- catches on seven targets, 149 and a touchdown. I'd love to see him in a bigger role. I think that is possible. I think that certainly is in line for him. Here's something that I thought was incredible. In four games with five or more targets last year, 16 catches, 289 yards, and two touchdowns. That's four games with five or more targets. Do the math. That means he'd be, if he just got five targets a game or more, he would have been on pace last year for basically 64 catches over 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns. So I think he's going to get an opportunity. I think this could be huge for him this season. Then you've got Harrison Bryant, uh, fourth-round pick in 2020, three touchdowns in each of his first two years in the league. Wait, breaking news. Legitimate. Schefter. Your Cleveland Browns signing Pro Bowl cornerback Denzel Ward. Baca, are we sure this is verified? Verify it. We got it. Got the thumbs up. Five years, one hundred point five million, seventy-one guaranteed. At twenty-four, Ward is the highest-paid corner in NFL history. 
Tori Dandy of CAA Sports, who negotiated the contract, confirmed the deal with ESPN and Adam Schefter. So there you go. Breaking news what did there. You say? Squadoosh? Scaramooch. Scaramooch. Denzel Ward's going to be able to buy uh, pizza and uh, bistecca and the vino for everybody. Scaramooch, $100 million. Man, that's amazing. That's an incredible five-year, $100.5 million extension. Everybody's reporting it. Schefter, uh, Ian Rappaport, it's all there for you. So um, congrats to Denzel Ward. Congrats. And, and, again, this is – these are reports. These are reports are now being confirmed uh, around the league, and I imagine we are going to have, you know, we'll have a official Browns response to that. But what I like about it is the Warden of the North is going to be here. You have the ability to have one of the most dominant cornerback duos in the league now going forward with Greg Newsom on a rookie contract for four more years, three years plus that fifth year extension. So yeah, that is a uh, that's a good thing, obviously for the Cleveland Browns. And congrats to Denzel Ward because certainly he earns it. And he has stolen the thunder from the tight end room. They probably feel underappreciated and <laughs> undervalued. But listen, when you're a it's corner, worthy. it's got to move. Yeah, it's worthy. It's, uh, it's amazing how we've locked up all of these young defenders on this team. Uh, this defense is going to have a chance to grow together. Denzel, a very big part of that. This is a Cleveland kid, man. This is a Cleveland kid. The tragedy and the loss of yep. his dad. Uh, the standout player he was at Ohio State, and what he's been the last couple of years here has been nothing short of extraordinary. And and now he's going to be here for at least the next five years with a, a monumental deal that includes uh, seventy one of it guaranteed and the highest paid uh, corner in the National Football League. That's that's awesome. That is awesome. I mean, when you think about the core of this defense, that's all very very young. But of Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom, Miles Garrett, Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa, John Johnson. You know, if Delpit can continue to ascend, and really what is his second year? He's basically a rookie last year. I mean, you really have the makings of something special. Somebody needs to step up in the interior of this defensive line. There's no doubt about that, and they need to address the defensive end opposite uh, of Miles. But you're talking about a team that has now locked up its top corner in a long-term deal. It's locked up its top pass rusher in a long-term deal. They gave up very little to get Amari Cooper. They brought in Den they brought in Deshaun Watson, a quarterback. I mean – Andrew Barry, he's locked, up. Yeah. he's locked up. Nick Chubb is locked up. Wyatt Teller is locked up. Joel Batonio is locked up. I mean, it's a pretty darn good job of roster building that has been done by Andrew Barry and this front office. Um, the Browns, again, we will we will confirm this for you shortly in terms of everything in the, and going out here at clevelandbrowns.com and the Browns mobile app, our YouTube channel, all of that. But uh, Denzel Ward will be a Cleveland Brown for a long, long time. And, and that's a pretty that's a good thing very good thing well and now all of these this this means that you've you've hit on good people you've hit on talented players you've developed them and you want them to stick around and this is how you know you've arrived that's because right because you're getting second big time contracts with the most important players um you know that you've drafted in the last last few years or so so it's uh it's a pretty remarkable thing that's happened here. It really is. It's awesome. And Denzel Ward certainly deserves it. And, and when he is on the field, his presence is felt uh, definitely. When he's not on the field, his presence is, is it's noticeable in his absence. So this is a great thing to lock him up. And, and look, the Warden of the North is going to be here, locked down at the lake. Let's go, baby. I like it. Oh, yeah, a little some thumbs up there around everybody's fired up in the building. Pure electricity. electricity. Yeah, just coursing through the building. Coursing through the veins, yeah. yeah I, I, think I, I think I saw him walk by and go, Scott a mooch. <laughs> 
One other thing, and Sam Monson points this out, Denzel is just 24. Yes. yes. He's just 24 years He's of age. He's a young fella. So he is, he is very, very young, um, and, and a, a hearty congratulations to him. Uh, you were talking about the tight end room and uh, Chief and his ascent, and we'll need to add to that room, I would say, probably in the draft, that that could be a position uh, that we look to add to here as we get into that. Yeah, there's no doubt. And so, as I was mentioning, you've got Chief, you've got Harrison Bryant, who's been, you know, he's improved his blocking. Last year caught 75% of the passes thrown his way, 21 catches, 233 yards, the three touchdowns. Uh, I thought he was better as the season went on. I believe he scored in three of our last five games. So that's good. But for a team that used to be deep here, Steven Carlson was our fourth. He's a restricted free agent, but at this point remains unsigned. You've got, and Austin Hooper's gone, you've got Chief, you've got Harrison Bryant, also here, Miller Forrestal, who was an undrafted free agent out of Alabama, originally signed by the Titans, spent time on the practice squad and active roster with the Browns in 2021. He appeared in two games with 11 snaps, no stats. And then Nick Gugamos, who was on a reserve futures deal, spent time with Seattle, the football team, now Commanders, and the Browns in 2021. He was on the practice, season, practice squad late in the season, reserve futures deal. But not a lot of NFL experience behind Chief Harrison Bright. Now look. We're not a three tight end team anymore, folks. No, Throw no. that out. Will we do it sometimes? Absolutely. Are we going to lead the NFL in three tight end sets? No. We're going to play a heck of a lot more 11 personnel. A heck of a lot more. Because we have now a passing game that is going to allow us to be able to do that. And our best matchups on the field are going to be those matchups. Um you know, we still have work to do in that receiver room, which we'll talk about in a second. But from the tight end standpoint, that's where you are today. Chief is your one. Bryant's your two. Got some guys competing to be the depth, but wouldn't surprise me to see us select somebody in the draft uh, at that position as well. All right. We will get into the receivers. Uh, and as we do so, we, uh, we acknowledge and uh, bring attention to the reports that Denzel Ward uh, will be a Cleveland Brown for the next five years. Go ahead. I remember that draft. So it was obviously a 2018 draft. We were doing, I was, we were in the Muni lot for a huge draft party. All I had heard the entire time that I had been here. So first season was 2013. Why don't we draft somebody from Ohio state? But if you remember in that draft, all the hype was around, like people really wanted Bradley Chubb. Yeah. Who had an excellent rookie year, but then he's battled injuries since then. Yep. Uh, I think he's at North Carolina state. If I'm not mistaken, he was an pass NC rusher. State guy, yep. I remember being on stage, we draft Denzel Ward and I'm like, Denzel Ward and people were booing like they booed me off the stage I was like wait a we finally drafted a Buckeye and and, and we, they weren't pleased not pleased at all well, and then now, now look at him now they're pleased oh everybody's pleased yeah. everybody loves the warden yeah. that's right absolutely and listen, I need I knew he would uh he would earn them or you know earn their affection and respect and now he's earned himself a five-year 100.5 million dollar contract extension which sounds great it feels like you could that'll go a long way yes Long way. really spread that around. Oh, yeah. uh, good job for him and, and good job for us to get that all locked up. We'll get into the receiver room coming up next. Listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Rumpke Waste Recycling, family-owned and operated. Whether you join them as a customer or as an employee, you'll become part of the family. Visit Rumpke.com to learn more. If you're just joining us, Denzel Ward is locked in to the Cleveland Browns. Reportedly, uh, this is being reported throughout the NFL, all of the people that you would expect, uh, Schefter and Rappaport among the first with it, a uh, five-year, 100, 100 million point five 
contract extension includes 71.25 guaranteed. He is 24 years old. I think people forget that, how young he was when he came in here. Uh, but just 24, highest paid corner in NFL history. And so he is locked in. And if you think about the deals that Andrew Barry has locked up, the players who he has extended in the last couple of years, it's a, it's a staggering list of talent. Yeah, it's, you know, extensions internal, Chubb, Batonio, Garrett, Teller, Watson, Ward. You brought in also, you know, John Johnson. He had the Kareem Hunt extension. I mean, it is, it's a pretty wild, it's a, a wild thing and very well accomplished doing a tremendous job. And, you know, you still have some work to do there. And the Browns are going to, you know, they're counting on the salary cap going up. They're counting on the fact that they will be able to maneuver around it. Um, but they are getting people at key positions locked up. And what I love about it, and it's kind of his philosophy, right? I'm paying Jack Conklin while Jed Wills is on his rookie deal. I'm paying, uh, in this case, defensive end. I, that's why a lot of us think they will go edge in this draft, but they'll be able to get an edge on the rookie deal while we're paying Miles Garrett. Now, you may have to pay Clowney this year, and I think he would, we would love that. Come on back. Come on, come on home to us, Jadevian. That'd be great. But you go to the cornerback room. You're paying Denzel while Greg Newsom is on his rookie deal. You're paying John Johnson while Grant Delpit is on his rookie deal. That is something that I think is, has been a very smart thing that Andrew Barry has done at some of the very, very important positions in this league. Yeah, it's, it really is. And it's, he, is, he has checklists of things that need to be done in an offseason, and he just methodically he checks boxes. I mean, it's just crazy that you go through an offseason and nothing is left unchecked by the time you get to the next season. There's still a lot more things to check on this box, but a lot of the big things have been accomplished, and getting Denzel Ward extended was certainly uh, a, something that needed to be done. It now is done. Uh, one of the other things that need to be done is you need to get a number one A receiver. You get it. You get Amari Cooper in a trade, and then that room will have perhaps some other names going into it as well. Who knows? But certainly draft, free agency, who knows? They will add to that room. As is, it's a fun room. It has a chance to be a great room. Yeah, and Amari Cooper, and I, like I said, I don't believe that the work is done there, but Amari Cooper is a big piece of what they are trying to do. I think you'd love to get a vertical component to go with him because he is just such a stud in terms of his route running, in terms of his ability to, to make plays, and that's what you love about him. But you think about you know the guys that going into the season last year, talk about a remade room. Going into the season last year, you would have thought your top three receivers were Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, and Hollywood Higgins. Odell Beckham unsigned, Jarvis Landry unsigned, Hollywood Higgins, uh, Carolina Panthers. So it is a complete rebuild. Now, Donovan Peoples-Jones ended up being one of those top three and actually supplanting uh, Hollywood Higgins in that role. And he's had a, a great – he's done a great job coming and in, in, in developing in his young career. And if you look at, you know, last year in terms of what he was able to do – it was very impressive. He goes from 304 yards in his rookie season, and then Donovan Peoples-Jones takes a big leap last year while maintaining those big yards per catch, which I thought was a huge thing for him and for the Cleveland Browns. So, But he is your top in terms of guys coming back. That's your number one receiver coming back. And Donovan Peoples-Jones last year, in terms of guys from last year, I know we've added Amari Cooper, but Donovan Peoples-Jones, very productive for you at 597 yards, 17.6 yards to catch, three touchdowns. This is the thing that I think is amazing about him, and we talked about that with Chad O'Shea. He only has 78 targets in his career, yeah. and he has 901 yards receiving, five touchdowns and averaging 18.8 yards to catch. That efficiency, that efficiency right there, if you average 10 yards a target, you are 
performing at an elite level at the wide receiver position. And, and a great receiver would get 100-plus targets, 10 yards target, do the math very easy. See, they'd be over 1,000 yards. Donovan Peoples-Jones, 901 yards, 78 targets, 11.5 yards a target. That is ridiculous efficiency for a guy that should continue to get better, hopefully be able to play faster. He's much more of a contested catch guy than he is necessarily a a burner or a monster separator, but he has been incredibly efficient for this football team, and I think that that's a guy that you want to see take the leap forward. But Amari Cooper, he's going to have to be the guy right now as we know it, the number one receiver and a guy who's got inside-out versatility for the Cleveland Browns, comes to this team a four-time pro bowler. Uh, You look at his seasons, you know, the last couple of years, He's got, in the year that he got traded to Dallas, 1,005 and 7. He's got 1189 and 8, 1114 and 5. And last year in 14 games, 865 and 8 touchdowns. Catches for his career about 64% of his targets. Averages 8.7 yards per target for his career. Coming off of the Sin Dallas, averaging 9.1 yards per target. Mari Cooper, a very, very effective, very good receiver. But right now, it's those two. You have Anthony Schwartz, who you thought was going to have a big year after that initial game down in Kansas City, did not materialize. You've got Felton, you've got Jamarcus Bradley, you've got Jakeem Grant, but we need a couple more guys in there. And I think what you're looking at is, can we get one more guy on the outside who can stretch the defense? In free agency, that could be a guy like Will Fuller, or perhaps you find somebody in the draft, whether that ends up being a George Pickens, whether it be an Alec Pierce in the third round, a big X receiver who can stretch the field. And then you need somebody, I think, who can be your your slot guy. And so that's why the scenario is open that Jarvis Landry can come back. That's why a Khalil Shakur, maybe in the third round out of Boise State, is a guy that can make sense for the Cleveland Browns to fill that role. But there are multitude of ways to attack that wide receiver position, and I think the Browns will do so with at least you know one in the draft, one in free agency to, to round out this room. This room is still incomplete to me now. Now, I know John McClain says you don't need to invest a lot in the receiver room because you've got such a good quarterback, and the stats honestly would back that up, but you want to make sure you've got the juice that you need to be effective. And Schwartz is a guy that if he can take a big leap in year two, and we're asking for a lot, but he has the speed to play that vertical role for this football team. That's what he was drafted to do as a third rounder a year ago. Well, I mean, we asked Chad O'Shea about that last week when he was in with us about, about Schwartz taking that step, and he kind of lit up with the idea that that perhaps he could make that. But yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I think you need you 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 need someone who can come in and help right away. And then I think you do need to do some future planning here as well in terms of having another you need another guy. You need a big you need another one. It's, it's not a one, a, a two. You need a two. Amari's the one. You need a two yep. probably in there. Donovan is good as a two three. You need somebody in there complimentary as well. Um who you could put out on the outside and, and make some plays and maybe that's Donovan. You know, there's always the stuff with Jarvis that's not going to go around away. I think that there was obviously a mutual affection between. I mean, you know how much we love him. Of course, uh, we know how much the organization loves him. We know how much he loves the organization. How much yes. he loves the town. How much he loves the fans. So, you know, I think all of those things add up and and put you in a pretty good place in terms of going forward. But this room of the ones that we discussed on offense, this one has the chance to be the most changed by yes. the time we get to May. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be the most turnover room from last year. Yeah. And it will, I think it still has, there will be two probably principal individuals added. And if you have those two that are principal and all of a sudden your receiver room is, you know, Amari Cooper, a couple of new guys, DPJ and Schwartz, like that's a pretty stout one to five. Demetric Felton's going to try to make it as a Swiss Army knife, grants your punt returner, and a guy who's been able to hit some big plays in his career as well. 
Jake Trotter just retweeted Denzel's Instagram. <laughs> That's a, it is a good mood. That's awesome. That's a mood man. I'd like Can to you imagine yeah. that? I mean that that you imagine a Cleveland kid, an Ohio State kid, getting this contract here to stick around. Like how cool that is, man. It's like awesome. That's a dream. Yes. That is your wildest dreams coming true. Yes. You're living your wildest dreams. You don't dare to dream this big. And it, it's happening for Denzel Ward, who's one yeah. of the best kids, man. He's, he's he a man. He deserves it. Awesome. Awesome player. Awesome teammate. Uh, you'll see the teammates, the reactions from the teammates. They absolutely love him. And, yeah. and I think when you see these types of deals done, and by the way, I say kudos to Andrew Barry. I think Andrew Barry is, again, locking up a premium position. The salary cap's only going to go up and up and up and up and up and up. Once it's TV deal, or not TV, but if it if goes it to Apple TV, that's right. going to be more money. To get these guys, Miles, Denzel, Deshaun, under these deals now, I think is massive. I think it's a great job to, by Andrew Barry. And, and it's cool to see a Browns team and organization where the stars are the stars and the stars, A, want to stay here, B, are staying here and are being obviously paid quite handsomely to do so, but that's, that's what the NFL is about. Yeah, when you draft your guys and then you give them big second extensions, that's the deal. The core. That's it. That's so the it. core is in very, very good shape here. Still so much more to come. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Forgetting Sarah Marshall? 14 years 14. ago today. Feel, I would have thought older than that, really. Yeah. I would have thought that it would have been more early 2008. 2000s. The 2008 for Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Unbelievable film. That's a fun One film. One of my favorite romantic comedies, if not my favorite romantic How comedy. How much of, of it all time. is tied to the. Uh, a lot of it for me is is going to the. Is the fact it's shot in Hawaii. I enjoy that a great deal. I love the people in it, the view, all of it. All of like, it. There's a it's lot perfect. of good pieces to it. Yeah. It's perfect. I'd highly recommend, I say this every time, for people that. If you love that film. Go out of your way, find it on like eBay or whatever to buy the DVD with it has all the extra stuff or the okay. Blu-ray, and then watch. There's a video diary that's the making of and a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that is great, unreal. Russell Brand is out of control, unreal. It's amazing. And Siegel, I mean, he, had, he was Siegel's on that great. he was on that sitcom forever, but you wondered. Yeah. If, I thought he would launch off of that and become like a big-time movie star. He's in Winning Time. He's Paul Westhead in Winning Time. I haven't gotten that far yet. Adrian Brody's turn as Pat Riley, at least in the initial stages, is just hard for me to get my head around when he's like sawing a house down and like, a lot going like on what's going on, on right now? Yeah. Uh, congratulations to Denzel yes, Ward. Huge the next level is coming up next. We're back tomorrow. Cleveland Rounds Daily, 850 ESPN. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and ESPN 850 WKNR.